The following broadcast was recorded for release on June second, two thousand twenty one. Greetings. This is Terry Noel Tao, and this installment of Bach on Wednesday was recorded for release on June second, two thousand twenty one my 73rd birthday. I was born in Greenwich Hospital in Greenwich, Connecticut at 10.44 p.m. on June 2nd, 1948. I am going to celebrate my birthday today by celebrating an important Bach anniversary. This is the 300th anniversary year of what we call the Brandenburg Concertos. The six concerts avec plusieurs instruments. We call them, as I said, the Brandenburg Concertos for understandable reasons. The Dedication copy, as it's called, is dated, depending on how you read it, as March 24th, 1721, abbreviated March, of course, or May 24th, 2021. Personally, after years of looking at a facsimile of the dedication page, I read it as May, M-A-I, the French name for our month of May. The dedication is in French. I consider that perfectly logical. No matter what you conclude with respect to that issue. Of one thing, there is no dispute. 1721, 300 years ago. 2021, 300 years later. The anniversary year for the Six Concerts avec plusieurs instruments. The Brandenburg Concertos, BWV 1046 through 1051. What I propose to do for you today on this installment of Bach on Wednesday is to play for you all of the concertos in multiple recordings and in multiple versions because Bach used the Brandenburg concertos, as we call them, as a quarry to one degree or another, or there are definite alternate versions earlier versions in a couple of cases, 
and posthumous copies that suggest the existence of certain alternatives. We will work our way through those as well as some interesting historical recordings of the Brandenburg Concertos today on Bach on Wednesday. I propose to go through the concertos in dedication copy order, which is not the chronological order of composition. It appears that number six or number three may have been the earliest, and it is almost a fait accompli that number four is the last to have been composed. So, let us start with number one in F major, BWV 1046. My choice of recording is the very first one that I had when I was a kid of about eh, eight. I had been given a 10-inch LP that was a biography of Bach and an excerpt on that of from the cadenza from the Brandenburg Concerto number 5 in D, BWV 1050, really captivated me. I asked for a recording of the complete work, and the one that was given to me was an LP on the London label, the American London label, of course, that had Brandenburg Concerto number five on one side and Brandenburg Concerto number one on the other. As I have implied, I was a precocious brat. So, of course, I read the annotations. And that was when I first learned about such things as, quote, obsolete, unquote, instruments. Namely, of course, the violino piccolo in Brandenburg Concerto number one. The recording in question, the Stuttgart Chamber Orchestra, conducted by Karl Münchinger. The violino piccolo solos are played on the violin by Reinhold Barkett. The first oboist, Paul Valentin. The bassoon, Henri Elliotz. The principal horn, Angelo Galetti. Siegfried Barkett plays cello continuo, and the continuo harpsichord is played by Germaine Vaucheclair. The Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 1 in F major, BWV 105. 
46.
Stuttgart, in what was then the German Federal Republic, around 1949. The Stuttgart Chamber Orchestra, conducted by its founder, Karl Münchinger, Johann Sebastian Bach, the Brandenburg Concerto, number one in F major, BWV 1046, the official text, as found in the dedication copy of the Six Concerts avec plusieurs instruments, which Bach dedicated to Christian Ludwig, Markgraf of Brandenburg, in 1721. The corno parts, the French horn parts, if you will, in Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 1 and F, BWV 1046, are, of course, what they call transposing parts. They customarily are played, quote-unquote, down. The renowned English harpsichordist, organist, clavichordist, conductor, and early music scholar Thurston Dart postulated that Bach might have intended them to be played high, that is, transposed up, for a smaller, high-pitched instrument. When he made his recording of the Brandenburg Concertos with the Philomusica of London, around 1960, he decided to record Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 1 and F, BWV's 1046, with the corno parts played, quote-unquote, up. The high horn players were not then available, so he persuaded two trumpeters to step in and play the parts on trumpets. So, in this performance, Carl Pini plays the violino piccolo, yes, the right quote-unquote obsolete instrument is used. Dennis Clift and Sidney Ellison are the trumpeters. Peter Graham, Rosemary Wells, and Neil Black are the oboists. And Vernon Elliott is the bassoonist. The Philomusica of London is directed from the harpsichord by Thurston Dart.
Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 1 in F Major, BWV 1046, played with the corno, the kodoshas, the horn parts, played up rather than down, as is the custom. The parts, as I said before the performance, transposing parts. In this performance, Carl Pini played the violino piccolo. The horn parts played up were played by two trumpeters, Dennis Clift and Sidney Ellison. Peter Graham, Rosemary Wells, and Neil Black were the oboists, and Vernon Elliott was the bassoonist. The Philomusica of London was directed from the harpsichord by Thurston Dart, who also prepared the performing version that you heard. As it turns out, the Brandenburg Concerto No. 1 in F major BWV 1046 is a revision of an earlier composition, perhaps intended as the curtain raiser to the hunting cantata, Was mir behacht is nur die Muntrejagd, a cantata that Bach composed in 1713 for the celebration of the birthday of Duke Christen von Sachsen-Weisenfels, who became a friend and lifelong patron of Johann Sebastian Bach. Christian von Sachsen-Weisenfels was an ardent huntsman, loved it. So the hunting horn sounds that you hear in Brandenburg One and also in the original Sinfonia in F major, BWV 1046A, also previously catalogued as BWV 1071, seem particularly appropriate to the Huntsman aristocrat. The differences between the earlier version and the familiar one are interesting. The violino piccolo part originally was played by a violino, by a violin. The third movement of the Brandenburg concerto version is completely new, and there are some significant differences in the concluding Minuet and trios. He inserted the Polonaise for strings, the Polaka, and the trio Pulekodoshas, the trio for the hunting horns, you find a lower part for the violins completely different from that allocated to the oboes in the Brandenburg Concerto reworking. This performance of the Sinfonia in F major, BWV 1046A, which was recorded 
in the Walthamstow Town Hall in one of the sessions held between March and May 1984. Members of the Academy of Ancient Music are directed from the harpsichord by Christopher Hogwood, and it is worth mentioning that the oboists are Michel Piquet, Ku Ebbinger, and Claire Shanks. The bassoonist is Felix Warnock. The horn players are Michael Thompson and Martin Winford. The principal violinist is Catherine McIntosh. As I said, Christopher Hogwood conducts from the harpsichord. Thank you. 
Thank you.
the Sinfonia in F Major, BWV 1046A, formerly BWV 1071, the original version of the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 1 in F Major, BWV 1046. In that recording, you heard members of the Academy of Ancient Music directed from the harpsichord by Christopher Hogwood. Johann Sebastian Bach found the Brandenburg Concerto No. 1 in F, BWV 1046, of use as a quarry, if you will, for music to be used elsewhere and sometimes in different instrumentations. One such place is the cantata BWV 207 and its reworking as BWV 207A. 207A Auf Schmetternde Töne der Muntern Trompeten is the revised version of a cantata that Bach wrote in 1726 as a tribute to a Leipzig University professor. The revised version from 1733 or 1734 is a birthday tribute to the elector Friedrich August II of Saxony, who reigned as King August III of Poland as well. In this performance, the chamber orchestra and choir of Barmen are conducted by Helmut Kahlhofer. The soloist, Ingeborg Reichelt, soprano, Emmy Liskin, contralto, Georg Yeldon, tenor, and Edvard Wollitz, bass. The instrumental obligatists include Walter Holy, Ingus Schmidt, and Helmut Schneidewind, clarino trumpets, Willi Schwegler, and Josef Heck, flutes, Helmut Wintermann, oboe and oboe d'amore, Thomas Blaise, cello, Frank Yerling, double bass, and Gisbert Schneider, harpsichord. Johann Sebastian Bach, the cantata BWV 207A, auf Schmetternde Töne der Muntern Trompeten. I won't spoil your surprise when you hear the bits and pieces from Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 1 in F, Major BWV 1046. <laughs>
Griechen herbei. Vermögt ihr Sachsen und ihr großen Staaten aus Augustus holden Taten, was Weisheit und auch Stärke sei. Sein allzeit starker Arm stützt teils Sarmazien, teils auf der Sachsen oder gehen. Wir sehen als Getreue untertanen durch Weisheit, die für unser Land Friedensfalle, wie sehr er uns geliebt, wie mächtig er die Sachsen stets geschützt, sein Essen Säbelstahl, der für uns Sachsen blitzet. Wir können unser Landesvater als einen Held und Siegesrater in dem großmächtigsten August mit heißer Ehrfurcht jetzt verehren und unsere Wünsche mehren. Ja, ja, ihr starken Helden seht, der Sachsen unerschöpfte Kräfte und ihren hohen Schutzgott an und Sachsens rauten Säfte. Jetzt soll der Seiten tun, die frohe Lust ausdrücken, der des Augustus fester Thron muss uns allzeit beglücken. Augustus wird uns stetig schatten, der alle Sachsen unser Maten Glück erhält, der stete Augenmerk der Welt.
As you can see, Johann Sebastian Bach could be very creative and very imaginative when he decided to recycle a piece of his own composition. That was the cantata of Schmettern de Töne der Muntern Trompeten, PWV 207A, by Johann Sebastian Bach. Ingeborg Reichelt was the soprano, Emmy Liskin the contralto, Georg Yeldon the tenor, and Eduard Wurlitz bass. The chamber orchestra and choir of Barmen Gemerke conducted by Helmut Karlhofer. Johann Sebastian Bach used the Brandenburg Concerto number no. 1 in F major BWV 1046 one more time in an adaptation in Leipzig. Although, to be candid, it really is an adaptation of the first movement of the earlier Sinfonia in F major BWV 1046A. That movement, adapted, became the Sinfonia that opens the cantata Falsche Welt, Dir trau ich nicht, BWV 52. In this performance, the English concert, playing authentic instruments, is directed from the harpsichord by the ensemble's founder, the great Trevor Pinnock.
Trevor Pinnock conducting the English concert from the harpsichord. The English concert, of course, playing on authentic instruments. The Sinfonia that opens the cantata Falsche Welt der Trauig Nicht, BWV 52, one of the Leipzig cantatas by Johann Sebastian Bach. The Sinfonia, of course, is recycled music. It is, with some minor emendations, the Sinfonia that opens the Sinfonia in F major, BWV 1046A, the early version of what we know as the Brandenburg Concerto number 1 in F major, BWV 1046. The Brandenburg Concerto number 2 in F major, BWV 1047, is, in a way, the most problematical. The aspect of it that makes it particularly unusual, if you will, is the astronomically high tromba part. It's caused problems since very early on. Particularly fascinating in that regard is a letter that the famous German opera composer Giacomo Meyerbeer wrote to Adolf Sachs, the inventor of the saxophone, specifically asking if he could come up with an instrument on which that astronomically high trumpa part could be performed successfully. In an interesting way, that letter becomes pertinent. At the legendary Bach Festival in Prague, France, in 1950, at which the legendary Pablo Casals emerged from self-imposed exile to be the music director, he included all of the Brandenburg concertos. A trumpeter was engaged from London to play the tromba part, one of the great trumpet players of his time, Dennis Clift. Don Pablo Casals took the outer movements, particularly the last one, at a terrific clip, so fast that Dennis Clift was not equal to it, and he politely withdrew. Someone remembered the legendary saxophonist 
Marcel Boulet, who was known to play the trumpet part on the soprano saxophone. Marcel Boulet, as a matter of fact, had recorded the part for Otto Klemperer for his first recording of the Brandenburg Concertos, which was made in Paris in 1946. Someone remembered, got Marcel Boulet on the telephone, and Boulet got on the train, the overnight train, and came down to Prague. And he ended up playing the part both in the concert and in the recording, which was made several days later. In 1967, when I sat down with Don Pablo Casals for what turned out to be the first of several wonderful meetings with Le Maître, I did something that only a brassy teenager would. I flat out asked him. I said, Don Pablo, why did you take and do you take such a fast tempo in the third movement of the second Brandenburg? He recently had recorded the Brandenburg Concertos a second time with the Marlborough Festival Orchestra and the marvelous Robert Nagel executed the trumpet part superbly on a trumpet. Don Pablo smiled and said, because it reminds me of a kermess. I didn't know what a kermess was, and Don Pablo could tell from the expression on my face. He said, a carnival. At that point, instantly, I understood. In that performance from Prague in 1950, in addition to Marcel Mulet, soprano saxophone, playing the tromba part, the violinist is Alexander Schneider. John Wummer, the principal flutist in the Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra of New York at the time, plays the recorder part on the flute. And the oboist, the great Marcel Tabuteau, who was the principal oboist of the Philadelphia Orchestra. The Prague Festival Orchestra, one of the greatest pickup orchestras ever assembled, is conducted by Pablo Casals. <laughs> Thank you. 
recorded in Prades, France, in June of 1950, at the Bach Festival in Prades that was held to commemorate the 200th anniversary of the death of Johann Sebastian Bach and that marked the emergence from self-imposed exile of Pablo Casals, who conducted that performance of the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 2 in F major, BWV 1046. The tromba part was played on the soprano saxophone by Marcel Mullet. The violinist, Alexander Schneider. The recorder part was played on the flute by John Wummer, for many years the principal flutist in the Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra of New York. And what a lovely man he was, too. The oboist, the great Marcel Tabuteau, for many years the principal oboist of the Philadelphia Orchestra. In the Andante, the continuo cello was Paul Tortlier. The harpsichordist, who is uncredited on the labels of the LP and on the jacket, but is credited in the program book, Fernando Valente, the great Puerto Rican-born United Statesian harpsichordist, who told me that playing for Don Pablo Casals in Prague in 1950 was both an honor and a challenge. The Prague Festival Orchestra, of course, was conducted by Pablo Casals. In 1950, at the time that Pablo Casals made his first recording of the Brandenburg Concertos, the authentic instrument movement, the early music revival, was already underway. The first recording of the Brandenburg Concertos that featured authentic instruments exclusively, and one must be broad in the definition of the term, was made by the Scola Cantorum Basiliensis under the direction of the gambist cellist, conductor, early music pioneer, August Wenzinger. The soloists are Adam Zeyer, trumpet, Gustav Scheck, recorder, Helmut Wintermann, oboe, and Werner Kegi, 
violino concertato. As I said, August Wenzinger conducts the Schola Cantorum Basiliensis in this historic performance, and a fine one it is, of the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 2 in F Major, BWV 1047, by Johann Sebastian Bach. <laughs> Thank you. 
recorded in the Großer Tonhallensaal in Zurich, Switzerland, on April 1st, 1953. The earliest recording of Johann Sebastian Bach's Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 2 in F major, BWV 1047, on period instruments, authentic instruments, although one has to be, I'm sure, a tad flexible about that. The trumpet part, the tromba part, was played by Adam Zeyer. The recorder player, Gustav Scheck, a distinguished musician, recorder player, flutist, the dedicatee of Paul Hindemith's flute sonata, fervent anti-Nazi, and a successful, quote-unquote, survivor. The oboist, the great Helmut Wintermann, the violino concertato part, was played by Walter Kegi. The cellist in the Andante is not credited, nor is the harpsichordist. The harpsichordist almost certainly was Eduard Müller, and it wouldn't surprise me if the continuo cellist in the Andante was August Wenziger himself. A lovely performance and, if you will, something of a ghost square on the authentic instrument recording Monopoly board. One of the earliest surviving sources that we have for the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 2 in F major, BWV 1047, is a copy that was made in 1760 by the young Bach aficionado in Leipzig, Christoph Friedrich Penzel. He copied the second Brandenburg from a primary source apparently, that no longer exists. Not, of course, the dedication copy. What is interesting about it is what Pencil wrote on the tromba part, not, I might add, on the folder that holds the parts in which it is described simply as tromba. In the parts, Penzel has written on the tromba part, Overo Cono di Caccia, or on the French horn. This most likely is a performance decision that he himself made because by 1760, players capable of dealing with such a high tromba part 
were few and far between. So, rather than transpose the part, it's a transposing part, up, pencil had it played down on a French horn. Thurston Dart prepared a performing edition of that version, which was recorded by the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields under the direction of Sir Neville Mariner. Now, at the time the recording was made, Thurston Dart already was terminally ill with cancer. He died before the project was completed, but he is the harpsichord player in the first movement of the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 2 in F major. Raymond Leppard plays the continuo harpsichord in the remaining movements. The principals, the members of the concertino, are Iona Brown, violin, David Munro, recorder, Neil Black, oboe, Barry Tuckwell, horn, and the continuo cellist is sadly not credited in the annotations. Here, the pencil version of Johann Sebastian Bach's Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 2 in F major, BWV 1047. <laughs> Thank you. 
Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 2 in F Major, BWV 1047, by Johann Sebastian Bach, in a performance based on the performing parts prepared by the Bach aficionado Christoph Friedrich Penzel in 1760. Not on the folder but on the performing part itself. Pencil has annotated the tromba part, Overo Cornogatacaccia, or on the horn. And as a result, the part, which is a transposing part, is played down rather than up, which is the form that one is accustomed to. Bach almost certainly did not perform it that way, but Penzel probably confronted a performance situation that required him to use a horn rather than a tromba high-pitched 
trauma parts were difficult already by the early 1760s. There were few clarino players around by then. The soloists were Iona Brown, violin, David Munro, recorder, Neil Black, oboe, and the great Barry Tuckwell, horn. The continuo cellist in the andante, not identified. The harpsichord continuo in the second and third movements was played by Raymond Lepward. Thurston Dart is the continuo harpsichordist in the first movement. He was terminally ill in February of 1971 when this set of the Brandenburgs was recorded and he was not able to complete the project. The Academy of St. Martin in the Fields conducted by Sir Neville Mariner. The Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 3 in G Major BWV 1048 almost certainly is the best known of the six and it was the first to be recorded. The recording was made in London in 1922. The conductor, Eugene Goosens, the third to bear the name. The recording was made on October 5th, 1922. The Royal Albert Hall Orchestra, which was a pseudonym for the London Symphony Orchestra. The only aspect of this recording that is quote-unquote weird is the two chords that constitute the slow movement. The two chords that separate the two outer movements are omitted. An unfortunate lycuna, but we deal with it. Also, of course, since it was made in 1922, the recording was made using the acoustic process. Thank you. 
recorded in London on October 5th, 1922. The first recording of any of the Brandenburg Concertos by Johann Sebastian Bach. That, of course, was the Brandenburg Concerto number three in G major, BWV 1048. Eugene Goosens III conducted the Royal Albert Hall Orchestra. And, as I remarked before I played that recording, and as you surely noticed, for some reason, the two chords that Bach wrote to separate the two fast movements were not in recorded. Why? Lost in the mists of time. As strange as it might seem, there is a recording of the Brandenburg Concerto number no. 3 in G major, BWV 1048, that, in a special way, takes us even further back. Towards the end of his long life and distinguished career, the marvelous English conductor Sir Adrian Bolt, whose stature as a conductor is nowhere near nowadays as great as it should be, decided to record the Brandenburg Concertos. And he was quite forthright about his philosophy. He said, in essence, if you want a historically accurate period instrument performance, you have many options. Go pick one of them. Even though he used a harpsichord, he rolled back the clock to his teenage years. He never forgot the first time he heard the Brandenburg Concerto, number three in G major. The conductor, the eminent German conductor, Fritz Steinbach, who was a favorite interpreter of Johannes Brahms's, and who sadly died too young to make any recordings, even with the acoustic process. But, as I said, Sir Adrian never forgot the performance, and he talks in his annotations about the way Steinbach laid out the strings, a full string complement with all of the double basses in a row at the back. And that's the way Sir Adrian chose to do it some 70 years later when he recorded the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 3 
in G major, BWV 1048, with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. <laughs> Thank you. 
London Philharmonic Orchestra, or the strings thereof, conducted by the great Sir Adrian Bolt. The Brandenburg Concerto, number three in G major, BWV 1048. A recreation, if you will, of the first performance of the work 
that Adrian Bolt, as a teenager, heard. A performance conducted by the eminent German conductor and friend of Johannes Brahms's, Fritz Steinbach, who, as Bolt recalled, laid all the double basses out in the back and used all the strings. Marvelous. And I'm sure you will have noticed that the two chords between the two fast movements are simply played, although Raymond Leppard, who played harpsichord continuo for these recordings, was allowed to insert a flourish over the first chord. The issue of what, if anything, Bach intended to be done with those two chords continues to vex performers. There are those who argue that it was, if you will, an excuse for either the harpsichordist or the first violin to extemporize a bridge movement. Others simply say that Bach intended just the two chords and that anyone who does anything other than that is falling into a trap. There have, however, been those who have inserted entire movements that have been taken from other compositions by Johann Sebastian Bach. The first conductor to do this on records appears to have been Serge Kusevitsky, who for 25 years was the music director of the Boston Symphony Orchestra, a marvelous conductor who fortunately left us a large legacy. He also was something of a Bach crazy. He was the first to record the St. Matthew Passion with, in essence, no cuts. There are three movements where the de capos are not performed entirely, only the opening ritornelli. But apart from that, every single movement. And the concert performance that Maestro Kusevitsky presented in Boston on Good Friday in 1938 was recorded and published, sung in English. And Leonard Bernstein, who was a Harvard undergraduate at the time, is in the chorus. His debut, if you will, on recordings. Serge Kusevitsky was also 
the first conductor in the United States to record the four ouvertures, the so-called suites for orchestra, and the first conductor to record in the United States, the Brandenburg Concertos. One would never describe any of these performances as quote-unquote historically informed, although in the St. Matthew Passion he does use a viola da gamba in Comsus's Kreutz. In the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 3, Serge Kusevitsky inserts an entire movement. He noticed that the Sinfonia for strings that opens the Easter Cantata, Christlag in Todespanten, BWV4, ends with the same two chords that Bach uses for the bridge between the two outer movements of the third Brandenburg concerto. So that's what he inserts as a slow movement. I first encountered this performance when I was about 15. I found a copy of the 78s. The album also contains the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 4 in G major, BWV 1049, in the Greenwich Hospital Auxiliary Thrift Shop in Greenwich, Connecticut. Oh, it was expensive. It cost me a nickel a record. I bought it, brought it home, and of course, listened to it with great interest. But I simply, really, didn't understand what was going on. I was a purist in those days. I understand it now. It's a marvelous performance. And the Sinfonia from Chris Locke and Todespanden really does work very well as a gratuitously inserted slow movement. The recording was made at Tanglewood in Lenox, Massachusetts on August 14, 1945. Serge Kusevitsky conducting the strings of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Thank you. 
recorded at Tanglewood in Lenox, Massachusetts on August 14, 1945. The strings of the Boston Symphony Orchestra under the direction of Serge Kusevitsky. Johann Sebastian Bach, the Brandenburg Concerto, number three in G major, BWV 1048, with the Sinfonia that opens the cantata Chris Lagen Todespanden, BWV 4, interpolated as a slow movement. It works very well as far as I'm concerned, although I'm confident that that performance will annoy the performance practice Puritans no end. That's their problem, not ours. Ten years after Johann Sebastian Bach sent the dedication copy of the Brandenburg Concertos, which is our quote-unquote standard text, to Christian Ludwig, Markgraf of Brandenburg, he went back to the third Brandenburg Concerto and used the first movement as a symphonia to the cantata Ich liebe den Höchsten von ganzem Gemüte, BWV 174. He augments the orchestration of the first movement of the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 3 with additional parts for two horns, two oboes, and boosts the strings. In this performance, the taverner players, playing on authentic instruments, are conducted by Andrew Parrott. The recording was made in Studio Number no. 1 at Abbey Road in London, England, in June of 1987.
Johann Sebastian Bach, the Sinfonie to the Cantata, Ich liebe den Höchsten von ganzem Gemüte, BWV 174, which Bach premiered in Leipzig in 1731. That opening Sinfonie, of course, is his adaptation of the first movement of the Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 3 in G Major, BWV 1048. The addition of the oboes and the two horns, at least to me, is wonderful fun and wonderful music. In that performance, which was recorded in the number one studio at Abbey Road in London, England, in June of 1987, Andrew Parrott directed his Taverner Players, who play on authentic instruments. Before I go on with this lavish celebration of the 300th anniversary of the Brandenburg Concertos, and it's also a celebration of my 73rd birthday. I was born on June 2nd, 1948. I would just like to remind you that these broadcast extravaganzas are made possible by the enthusiastic encouragement and support of Lin Yen, the charming and charismatic executive director of the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture. The Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture is a not-for-profit entity in the state of Connecticut. It enjoys Section 501c3 status, which means anything you may decide to contribute to the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture is fully deductible, tax-deductible, as permitted by law. If you are interested in making a contribution, please go to the main webpage for the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture at www.ffrcc.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. You'll spot a red tablet with the word Donate on it. Please click on the tablet. You will be transferred to a page which will provide you with all the guidance and all the instructions that you will need to make your tax-deductible contribution to the Foundation 
for the revival of classical culture. I thank you in advance for your generosity.